Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You guys are, what are you guys, baking something? It sounds like you guys are giddy or something. Yeah, you know, just kind of baking. Baking around, yeah. Cool. We're just, you know, two bakers uh, (laughs) who do a podcast. You are, yeah. It's a it's a very right. visual Two podcast, chefs. yeah. You know, yeah. by the way, we are off to a hell of a start. <laughs> oh, I I thought so. Let me let me clean you know? all this uh this flour off me real quick. Yeah, hold on. Let me get this uh, right, let's get that off. other quintessential baking stuff off. I thought this was a Zoom, and like I got all gussied up. Oh, oh. describe yourself. <laughs> well, I'd like to start with my hair. It's kind of uh-huh. like that. You know, when someone's like balding and they just kind of. You know, they just kind of work it a certain way, and it it looks real thin. Oh, well, I we have know. Thick, I have thick hair, but somehow tonight I was able to pull that look that look off. Oh, I'll, I'll send a photo in. Oh, please do. Yeah, our our well, we have the opposite. Our hair is thin, and we're trying <laughs> to make it look thick. Okay. Well, I mean, just catch me on a regular day, and we'll talk. When it's thick, right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can only give you perspective, uh, you know, currently. Oh, okay. Well, hmm. regardless, uh, you know, we know what you look like, um, and we really love it. I'm so. reading about what you look like now, <laughs> and it reads we know beautiful. What you, oh, thank you. We know what you look like, and we love it. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We love it. Our agents love it, but they, love they it. want you to change everything. <laughs> you know, I think you're right. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 8 of Joke Artists, I'm Jason Katz And I'm Ryan Dever Ryan, how are you dear? <sighs> Could be better Jay, Could be better Okay, moving on, well we've got a great guest uh, Not only was he a star on Man TV, but he was also a star on Saturday Night Live Oh Yes, and he goes by the name of Jeff Richards this man, uh, he does amazing, just hilarious impersonations and impressions. Uh, just super funny guy, nice guy to talk to. And uh, we really went in depth of uh, talking about just the whole sketch scene and, and Mad TV and Saturday Night Live. And his new show, The Jeff Richards Show, um, which is an awesome podcast that we talked at great length about with him. And we can't wait for you to hear that little chat. Yes. Uh, Ryan, hit the play button, would you? Click. That was this. That was me saying that I didn't press it yet. Oh, oh, be a dear, would you? Uh, but I'd have to get up. Oh, forget it. Everybody, you're gonna have to wait. Uh, so welcome to episode eight of Joke Artists. We're here with comedian Jeff Richards, the the very thick-haired Jeff Richards. Uh, okay. Saturday okay. Night Live alum, uh, and he has a new show out, new podcast out called The Jeff Richards Show. Uh, Jeff, thanks for, for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, All right, that's it. That's it. Thanks, it. That's okay. it. Okay. Take care, Jeff. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, I've been, uh, like I said, I got ready to do a Zoom. I have um, a turtleneck on, and I, like I told you, my hair looks like it's thinning, which is what I'm going for as a look as far as hair goes, but it's thick, but it looks like it's thinning, which is going to be a, a new trend. Uh, and I'm just happy to be here. 
yeah. thick and thin. Yeah, I think All that's right. what Jason and I are banking on that being in. Um, <laughs> but, but your new show, The Jeff Richards Show, you let me break this down. So the premise is you have some of the top comedians in, in the world on your show. And for whatever reason, you personally can't be there. You're probably right. you know doing your hair, making it look thin. And you have a guest host that you are the impersonator for. So you'll do the voice of Robert Downey Jr. or David Letterman. Right. Um, how, how did this, the show come about? Um, well, I was drinking fermented cabbage juice with my friend Lonnie mm-hmm. and we were just mm-hmm. pontificating and thinking about things and which fruits we liked to like more. And, um, no, I don't know. I just wanted to do impressions. <laughs> I just wanted to do impressions. I didn't want to ever be like, you know, myself, you know, that's, that's, that seemed like, you know, not fun, you know, like after a while you would get tired of just doing the same, you know, so this gave, gave some variety. Um, and you know, it was just like, okay, if he's never there, then you can just keep rotating it. Plus it gives me the option. I could show up. That's you right. Know, that might happen. It is my show. <laughs> so is it, is so. it all scripted or do you, do you kind of improvise? Like, you know, you have like the Robert Downey Jr. Episode. It does feel like Jamie Kennedy is kind of hearing your questions for the first time. It has that very um, improvised feel to it. Yeah. They don't really get the questions. I just say, you know, I'm going to interview you as, you know, person, whatever. And, but I, you know, I try to let them know that, you know, I'm just, just, you know, treat me like, you know, Hannibal Lecter, you know, and if you want to ask me questions as Hannibal Lecter or, or just go off on me, do that too. <laughs> but it do, it is an ambush kind of thing. It's like ambush style. You know, I do try to go at them, you know, in character <laughs> and I try to stump them. It's, you know, it's, it's a little like Jiminy Glick with impressions, you know? Yes. Yeah, the impressions, I mean, are, are dead on. They're just, they're so good. I mean, I, we, you know, we know you as an impressionist, obviously, from all, all your sketch work. And you've done just so many countless great impressions. And uh, right now, my favorite is the um, the Harlan Williams interview with your David Attenborough. And uh, I'm oh, not yeah. saying his name right. I don't know. And that, that just, I mean, it cracks me up so much in how you start off about talking about just about his toilet. Um, and it's just <laughs> oh. hilarious. Oh, my toilet won't seem to flush. And what's in it doesn't have long. The world is over as we know it. Oh, far, far away. So, yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. And, like, the, the crazy part is, is, yeah, hearing about a lot of it is improvised. And I, I sort of figured that, but it's it's wild because then the guests also have to be, you know, on top of their game to improvise with you. Yeah, and good sports, and willing to say anything, and not worry about vanity, and you know, and and yeah, yeah. You try to pick people. I just try to pick you know my friends or people I've known that just funny, and then that that can do that kind kind of kind of just riff, you know, just riff, you know, you know. Right. It's um, it's it's uh, it's that's the hardest part I think of doing a podcast is getting the guests, getting them to show up. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's but, cool about your impressions is they feel so lived in. Um, you know, yeah. it's not like you have a catchphrase that you can say over and over again. Um, it you're you are the character and you think like them, so you're able to drive a conversation as silly as it may be. It does feel kind of like this um, A to C thinking 
as these characters, how long does it take you generally if you're, you know, starting a new impression to get to that point? Well, and some of them, I never get to that point. It's like, uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how many of these impressions I'm going to do. I mean, before I start repeating, I will try to add them as I go along new ones. But, um, but I think it's like getting your, getting the, you know, the rhythm of it and the pattern of it. Like for like Willem Dafoe, I don't know. I know his, I know his acting, but this was really based off of American psycho. (laughs) You know, he was a detective and he's like, I just, I just want to ask you, I just want to ask you one more question. Um, (laughs) What sort of restaurants do you go to? You know, and he's just (laughs) that thing. So so then the whole thing was that I'm like, so um, that's not the information I have. (laughs) And that, that would be an answer. Or like when I did Hannibal Lecter, I did Hannibal Lecter with Brad Garrett uh, a couple days ago. And it was sort of like, you know, you know, just throw in these different things from the movie, you know, must have toughened your nipples, you know, <laughs> throw that in there. Or, or just how he says, or he'll say something and I'll go, yeah. <laughs> so I did, I must have done that 20 times, you know, in the interview. <laughs> and I just kept going, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if anybody knows what I'm doing, but that is from the movie. And he did do that. And he, you know, and it's to me that stuck in my mind and I wanted to use that. Well, you know, so it's, it's real. I love doing it. It's really fun. I love doing it. I mean, it reminds me, I remember seeing an interview with, with Jay Moore, who was saying that he was working on a Harvey Keitel impression. And I just thought like, wow, like, you know, with people that do impressions, how do you kind of stumble on the characters, not characters, the people that you do well? Because, you know, for somebody like Harvey Keitel, that's such a, a, a specific and, and kind of, you know, out there celebrity. But he said, you know, I just walk around the house saying one line from Reservoir Dogs over and over and over again. And no one really knew who I was doing. How do you kind of, do you hear a celebrity and go, oh, I want to do that? Or do you go, I think my voice could sound like this guy. It kind of usually starts by hearing them say something specific, you know. Um, You know, like, um, I don't know what the example would be, but it'd be like a sentence or something. And you'd go, and you start doing that. And over and over again and then you kind of go okay uh let me watch the movie again let me see it and then i don't know after just a certain point you kind of i mean immediately you know it's in your maybe your your range that you gotcha. could do it but right. then it goes then it just kind of like getting what your take on him is you know hmm. what your take on it is and it's and it's like mocking it's like that mocking thing you know it's like <laughs> when somebody mocks someone that's an angle, you know, that's like an angle, like even if it's negative and mean and whatever, it's still like a, it's a starting point. Yes. Cause so many people do like a letterman, but your impersonation of letterman is just, it's so dead on. And then obviously, you know, it has all the obscure elements in it as well. How do you choose, you know, where to take your impersonations? Like, how do you choose like, okay, I'm going to do letterman. And how do you say, okay, I'm not, I'm going to do him, you know, this way versus this other way. I think with like, like Letterman specifically, it was like, I was like 13 watching Letterman in my room, like secretly when I was supposed to be sleeping, you know, and, and, and I would just, I loved it. I loved him. And I would just, I just watched more and more. And then it just grew. It it just, it just incrementally became something. uh, I don't know how, I don't know when. 
uh, but something congruent among among itself. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's like you start thinking, trying to think like I'm a little bit, you know, but just keeping it like, you know, at home, you know, a different reality that's not showbiz. And right. Just making it grounded, you know, a little bit. And some of these, you know, celebrities have, you know, changed over the years, like even like a letterman, like he's, he's changed over the years. Do you find yourself like having to change your impersonations based upon, okay, like this actor isn't really like that anymore. Or, or maybe they like a, like, uh, this actor was like this, you know, in the eighties or nineties and this actor has changed now. So now I have to change my impersonation or do you keep your impersonations pretty much just the way you want to keep them? Yeah, I keep them how I, I keep them in the prime of what I think that their prime to me was like, or uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's, but usually it's like, you know, like I, I don't know if I can give you a great example, but you know, let's say Letterman, it's right. like Letterman changed. Right. Yeah. But he didn't change that made him fun. I mean, it didn't like the change in how he is didn't make the impression funnier. It made it maybe less funny because he was, you know, you're, usually funnier when you're younger. I, I yeah. mean, I hate to say it, but like, <laughs> I mean, you, you I mean, it's to a certain point. I mean, you, you know, you have your, your peak area, everybody's different, but, sure. but I, but, but Letterman, I like the old Letterman. So I just would do the old Letterman. And then, right. and then there was, then I went, I did kind of add like, you know, I loved how he would just kind of just phone it in. I liked when he phoned it in. Yeah. Our next guest was a world uh, tennis star before she made by the age of 15. She And he's just going through the motions, <laughs> right. but it's like somehow it's charming, you know? I don't know. It's just cool. It's like, so I'd, I would do that move, you know, or whatever. Letterman always kind of had that, that feeling on a show of, of like, you know, the guest wasn't better than he was. He wasn't better than the guest. It was like just two people talking, you know? And yeah. I think that's what's cool about your podcast is that it does feel like you're sitting around with, with buddies and they're doing impressions and they're just kind of going back and forth, yes-anding each other and just being silly. So I think you, whether you're doing Letterman or not, you've kind of captured that that energy of, of Letterman's show. Thanks, yeah. I I just wanted it to be like this, just be as real as it can be and not try to just try to make it a real interview, even if it would get like serious for a while, you know, right. Like let it get serious. You know, like with the Daryl, when I did let him with Daryl, he was really answering those questions. Mm. And I just kind of went into like, okay, well I'll just be Letterman. Like <laughs> in, in the sense of like the, the version of like, like he's just interviewing you. It's, I'm not trying to, and then maybe jump in or do the laugh or do something like that. Or, you know, I like not having too much of a plan. I do have like questions written, you know, and some, some keywords on there that make me think of things, but, but I like I like to just go. It's fun. I used to work formerly at the Howard Stern show and there was this guy that would call in called evil Dave and he would do an evil Dave oh, yeah. Letterman impersonation. And, uh, it was just, they would make oh, yeah. him say like the worst things possible that Dave Letterman would never say. Uh, but you know, listeners would, you know, you know, I guess some people would think it was him and then some people knew it wasn't, but it was just so funny listening to Letterman say, well, fake Letterman say these things that he would never yeah. say, just awful stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I remember that. I loved that. I loved Stern and I loved, uh, I grew up on him and that's, that's where I, that's actually, you made me just think that's where I, 
I, I kind of saw that, I think, for the first time. Oh, that yeah. That kind of thing. You know, and with Billy West and and yeah. just going back and forth and just throwing thing in, a, in his court and him just hitting back something. Yeah, you made me just think of that. That that was like really, really big influence, Billy West. and so, yeah. so being around other improvisers must obviously have a huge impact. I mean, like I was watching the video of you on Collider where they had – you know, you playing Robert Downey Jr., then they had uh, Ewan McGregor, Jeff Goldblum, um, uh, George Lucas. Yeah, Tom um, Cruise. Tom Cruise, exactly. Was it, is it kind of like anything else in comedy where, you know, let's say you're stand-up, you write a joke, and you're like, ah, this is actually a pretty solid joke, and then you go to perform, and, and the guy before you has, an, you know, his set, and you're like, damn, I wish I could write like that. Do you ever feel like when you hear someone else's impression, you're like, dang, I feel like... I, I want to get to that level or I want, I've never thought of trying that actor well, in that love, way. I love Kyle Dunnigan and he's a yeah. friend of mine. And I think the way he is just like, I, he is so good <laughs> at just the nuances and, 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 and it just, it's almost perfect when you watch his stuff. It's, it's so like that, you know, and like Daryl Hammond and, yeah, right. Phil Hendry. I just had Phil Hendry on. Hey, that's this week. I think the, the episode I interviewed him as Louis Anderson. Phil Hendry is like, there's nobody yes. like Phil Hendry. I mean, like, I, I, I just, it, you just can't believe that it's happening in real time. You know, that it wasn't edited. And it's, it's just unbelievably incredible, hilarious, uh, improviser. And, uh, so, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to do something that was a little more than like a little video here and there, you know? Right. Yeah. Would, would you, you ever know? take this show and make it a TV show or a, or a web oh, show? Oh, sure. I'd love to. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm... we put the footage up on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you have that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, to make it into a bigger thing. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see you in, you know, either either a super super deep fake or you know, uh, real makeup. Um, just doing this, doing this show, basically the exact same way you do it, um, but just you know, video. Because I mean, <laughs> it's just, I, I it makes me really want to see the guests crack up and try not to break while talking to you as this celebrity. Because again, the impressions are just so good and so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, were there yeah. any times in the interviews where the guests did break and you had to cut it out, or, or oh you... no, keep all that in there too. Oh, okay. Even if they call me Jeff, it's like <laughs> just keep it in there, and because I, you know, it's no, it's Louis. I know we we look similar, <laughs> same body type. <laughs> you know, and just go with it. Was there any impersonations that you you had to do, like that you had to learn, you know, for like SNL or Mad TV? Yeah, Bill O'Reilly. Um, I think most of them, um, Bill O'Reilly was one. That was a fun one to do. Um, caution, you're about to enter no spin zone. The fact it begins in 30 seconds. <laughs> Trinity, you said, you said, Trinity, Trinity, you said it, you said it. Take a look. Um, yeah. So, like, you had yeah. to learn these, like, even, even if, like, you didn't want it, was that the process sometimes? Like, someone would write a sketch or you would write a sketch and, and, or we, or someone else would and then you were appointed – uh, to do this character like hey um can you do a you know bill o'reilly you know what i mean and then you had to then learn how to do an impersonation of him yeah yeah bill o'reilly or like uh um geez who's some other i can't even remember the ones but uh yeah it would happen it would happen and 
yeah, it was, that was a fun challenge. That was definitely cool. Like Gene Wilder impersonation is just so good. Um, is that something that, is that one that you were doing before you were doing sketches? I started doing it before I was even teething. I did it as a child <laughs> and then I did it as a butterfly. Good, fine, on we go. <laughs> Little surprise around every corner, but nothing dangerous. Uh, yeah, I love Gene Wilder. Then you're learning these characters, and was there ever a moment where you were like, I can't I can't nail that impression, I can't do that impression, impression and something had to be maybe rewritten or changed? Uh, I, 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 I honestly don't remember. I mean, and then you do it, maybe it's not good enough, it gets cut, you know what I mean? Like those, those, you know, where you don't actually end up doing it, but you learn it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... I don't specifically remember like not being able to get an impression down, but I remember like, Oh, try to learn this one. And then it would be like, right. maybe, Oh, Oh, we didn't end up writing an end to that. So don't, don't worry about it or whatever. So that would happen, you know? Yeah. Cause there was, I mean, there's so many in the, you know, uh, I believe one of them, Gary Busey, I, I think. Right. As well. I was in a parking lot of a Frito Lay factory getting a hand job from what I hope was a circus clown. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, they're just so good. So, like, do you ever find yourself sort of just becoming almost these people? Like, just, you know, you're doing mundane uh, things around the house and you sort of, you know, washing dishes or, or anything like that, and then you just sort of start speaking like them? Oh, yeah, I'm I'm completely insane. I, I love, I just do it all the time. <laughs> no. I do it all the time. Like, the Patrick Bateman, I was like, oh, that's uh, the, you so know, the good. American Psycho is like, it's so good, and it's like, <laughs> so, thanks. You know, it's like, well, for one week in apartheid, you know, and <laughs> I can't think of actually specifically any lines. Oh, the, the video I did Returns was, uh, on videotapes? Yeah, you know, it's like, so you're probably wondering how we're going to get through all this. I know, I know I am. For starters, I'd say, get yourself a chainsaw. You can't get a chainsaw, just get a chain, but not a keychain. Keychains are useless, an abstraction. You know? And if you're going to hit the streets, don't actually hit the streets. If you do that, you just might break your hand. And remember, if anyone ever asks you if you're bleeding, just tell them it's cranberry juice. <laughs> so so Christian Bale like that that and Robert Downey Jr are so good. How long did it take you to to do those? A long both of those took a, a long time. Really? Like I just loved them as performers. Right. Um specifically like I'm not doing Patrick I'm not doing Christian Bale, he has an English right. accent. I'm doing like Patrick Bateman, which is like unique kind of which is like I'm not doing Gene Waller, I'm doing kind of Willy Wonka, you know. Right. But um no, like those took a while. Like I always like, like to me, Robert Downey Jr. sounded like a surfer, but I couldn't put my finger on it. It was like something else to it too. And then I just was messing around. This is what started me on using Snapchat and making face swap videos. I just <laughs> learned how to use it. I put his face on mine and then I just went for it a little bit without thinking. And it sounded pretty good. So that was the starting point. And, um, but yeah, you, you seem so close sometimes to him. But it's 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 elusive. Some of them are very elusive, especially the ones that are just very unique. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I genuinely looked forward every time you uploaded 
another impression on Facebook and <laughs> when you would upload just a few Jimmy Fallon's or Jeff Ross just oh, uh, yeah. Ah, it's the coolest thing. Ah, ah, thank man. I really appreciate it. That's so cool, man. That's so cool you said that. You know, it's like when I first uh, stumbled onto your po- when I first uh, stumbled onto your podcast, I was like, oh my god, no way. You know, I was like, I was like the most incredible thing in the whole world. You know, I had a I had an iced tea that was like un- unbelievable. You know, I was like it's, uh, just just enough ice. You know, not too much ice. You know, just just enough. You know, like. I don't know, like 15, 20 cubes, you know? <laughs> so, so like with just kind of like with music, you know, what comes first, the music or the lyrics, does the face swap kind of help you sometimes if you're looking to do a new character, you kind of are able now with technology to put the face on and kind of physically go there. And then does that ever happen where you kind of physically go there first and then the words follow? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but you, you know, like when you when you open, no, no. When you open up Snapchat and, and you're able to put the face on, you know what I mean? I the face on. Yeah, you know what it does though. For me, what it did, it just reinvigorated like me wanting to do impressions. Yeah, because right. like you're not on a sketch show and you do an impression, it's just your face. You know what I mean? It's like no transformation physically, and it's just like it's just you feel like it's just not as fun. You know, it's like you want things that would be a little more actualized, you know. Mm. So, yeah, once I saw that on my face, I was like, oh, these. Now this is the look, you know, now I just do the voice. Oh, oh, it'll be, you know, it's peanut butter and chocolate, you know. But if it's just your face, it's sometimes you get like bummed out looking at your face, you know. (laughs) You ever shut your eyes? during? (laughs) Yeah. My eyes are shut right now. Yeah. Oh, he's sleeping. Let's 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 let him sleep. Are um, you guys in the same place? We're not. That's why we keep talking over each so other. I'm like you're, <laughs> and I'm visualizing you like in a sleeping bag together. <laughs> oh, we are, but, um, but but not in the same place mentally. That's what Ryan oh, meant very, by that, right? Yeah, very, no, no, but we good. are in a sleeping bag. Yes, all zipped up as well. Virtually, virtually. <laughs> uh, yeah, virtual sleeping bag. But but going back a little bit to to Billy West, are these some of are these uh, some of these these guys who do all these voices? Are they you know idols of yours, or do you have uh, impression idols? Yeah, those would be the idols. You know, Phil Henry, uh, Billy West, uh, Daryl Hammond. Um, you know, in the in the guys I did that Collider video with. You know, Evan Ferrante and yeah, uh, Josh Robert Thompson. And- I wanted to talk a little bit about your music all the music that you've done or whatever. I mean, they're just hilarious. And the, my favorite was the Ditto Kiddo album. I just remember watching, you know, them on YouTube a couple of years back when, when you put them out. And I was just like, these are so funny and ridiculous. Is that something you always wanted to do? Did you always want to do music and like funny music or how did that come out? Yeah, I always liked it. I always thought I could do it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can, but I just like, I like writing the songs and it's fun. And I love that kind of music too. Like, you know, Pet Shop Boys, right. Morrissey, Smiths, you know, like Depeche Mode. Um, and then I had, I, I didn't stop. I, I, it's just a, you know, it was only a few years ago when I started doing it because, you know, I met um, a couple different guys that made these beats that were like, they just sounded like Pet Shop Boys. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to write a song to this. So, yeah, I just started doing it. And it's just fun, you know, just for fun, really, you know. 
Yeah, but I mean, they were great. I mean, like, uh, you know, Def Wanna F is is uh, just so funny. And I think if you, like, I don't know if you had ever put that out, uh, you know, recently again, like on, like, TikTok or something, but I feel like it would just blow up there because it's just so funny and, oh, thank <laughs> and ridiculous. You. Do you write all those or do you have a writing partner or? Yeah, I write them all, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I just chip away. It's Like I said, it's fun. I just try to come up with lyrics and and uh, arlo sanders who does the music and there's a couple other guys ben seward and uh daniel uh daniel white who did did you hear that song pocket knife yeah these guys just make like music that makes me want to write lyrics i don't know um they're just uh they're great you know so that's how it came about like basically you heard these beats and then decided yeah i want to make this music yeah yeah Oh man! Wow, that's, what that's happened, cool. Cause, yeah. I mean, because you put out two basically full albums. Yeah, I mean, you they know, may be. I don't know how great they are, but they're they're there. I mean, they're fun. I mean, <laughs> no, they're really fun. They're they're awesome. I don't know. I just thought I'd be. I put them at the end of each podcast because you know why not? And it's kind of like a musical guest. It's kind of kind of dumb, you know, kind of silly. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean they're hysterical. Thank you. Do you think you're gonna release any more? Because it's been a it's been a little bit. Well, those are all. I mean, I have. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even release those. I just put them on my podcast, and I gotta put them on TuneCore and all that. How you do it? And put out uh, a couple more songs. I don't take the music stuff that seriously. I just, oh yeah, I gotta put it on TuneCore. You know, that's how my attitude is. I just like doing it. It's just fun. It's fun making the videos. But yeah, you're right. I got basically got eight new songs and oh, cool. four, four of them are on the, at the end of the podcast. Those are all new songs. You know, you were inspired to create music and, and to do these impressions when you were at SNL, was that kind of a, a similar experience where you were around a lot? I mean, it's obviously a huge collaboration, but around uh, some other great comedians, did that kind of inform your comedy and did that make you kind of want to go out and um, do more stand up or, or get back into improv. What it, um, what was that time kind of like creatively? Uh, it was like, you know, yeah, you, you come there and you have all this stuff, you know, like it's like when you do a first album or something, it's like it takes it take as long as you want to make the first album, you know, and it's like you come there with kind of these things you can do and some things are already set, and then those kind of like wear off after a time, and you either keep coming up with new things or you don't. And I wasn't really good at writing back then and I didn't have the discipline and I didn't really even know at all how to write sketch, right. You know, but, uh, you know, yeah. So there was, it was, it was a huge learning curve, but I just kind of, my thing was like, let me just keep trying to learn new impressions. Just try to put them up, you know, in an update or something at least you read an update at the table read. They they can hear like a new voice you do. That's how I kind of thought of it. Like, I'll just keep trying to put stuff out there that they can maybe use. Right. And but, I, uh, I saw that and you had said that your, I mean, your most famous uh, impression, Drunk Girl, came from a stand-up set. You were performing and there was a, a drunk girl in the crowd and you kind of just started mimicking her back to her just to kind of, yeah. that was the only way she would respond to you really. Um, so you were still doing standup at the time, uh, you were on SNL. So then that did that you kind of like go in the next day and be like, I got it. I got an idea. You know, it was at the club last night. How did that kind of come about? 
Yeah, I had that character. Like, I mean, I came up with that, you know, maybe like six months before or something. Oh, I was okay. in San Diego. Yeah. And I did that, but I didn't audition with it or anything. And I just did impressions for the audition. And then, um, uh, and then I kind of tried to do that later. They originally wanted me to do it as like an update piece where I'm talking about a drunk girl and my experience with one. Um, gotcha. and I, I really wanted to play it as a character. It's so hard to come up with any kind of original character. Right. You know, I thought, Oh, maybe this will be good. You know, but yeah, uh, no, it was great. Would you ever, would you have ever done like a, a, a movie with that? You know, if, if SNL had said, Hey, you know, we want to take this character and we want to make, you know, a movie based on it. Like, you know, the night at the Roxbury or it's Pat. I wrote a script. We wrote a script. Kelly Kirsten wrote a script with uh, me. Um, she did most of the work. Um, Rob Schneider told me to do it. He oh, said, really? Write a drunk girl. Get that going. And then um, it didn't really get going. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. Didn't really get going. Let's just put it that way. But it was, I think a really good script. I could see it definitely even, <clears throat> even coming out now. Like I, I could definitely see like, uh, I don't know. Cause the characters, obviously it's just timeless. Cause there's always drunk men and women. Um, but, but it's just, it's somebody I think that, you know, obviously that everybody knows, uh, whether you want to know that person you do. Um, and I don't know. I think that, that it could even be like revived and done now. Uh, I think it would be really, really funny. And, um, I just went, I just was wondering if you would be willing to do that character for an entire movie. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, sure. Yeah. <laughs> In your original idea for the script was, um, I can't know, really get into that cause it's, it's, uh, Oh, right. okay. You know, because it's obviously a drunk girl, so the character is drunk at the time that she's being, you know, in a sketch or wherever. Was she, could you say that she was drunk the entire movie? Would she have been? No, no, no. Um, but it's done in a way where you, you, it's mostly drunk, but, you know, uh, it's hard to say exactly. It's kind of a thing where it's one of those movies where she's in the movie enough to score enough. And then mm. not to get too tired of it. Cause that was the thing of like, you know, at the show, um, it's good to do it as an update, drunk girls, an update, but as a whole sketch, it's like a little much, you mm. know, like to be at that. Yeah. So that, that was kind of thing is like, just insert it and then bring it out, you know, take it out and then insert it again. You know, gotcha. that, right. sounds, that sounds pornographic, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, too well. Jesus. Too well. Too well. Yeah. Well, we're both turned on. We got to end there. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, obviously, good. having that character, you know, throughout a movie, obviously, and, and maintaining that level of drunkness would be uh, tough, but. It's tiring, tiring too, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool. For the though. audience, yeah. So, you, you know, the potential to have a character that you know in one way. You know, if it's a longer sketch or a full-length feature film, you'd kind of have to explore the day-to-day -day of that character, which is which is pretty. You'd cool. have to do a daytime drunk girl. Yeah, you'd have to do <laughs> like what she like with Nyquil for night and Nyquil for day. You know, <laughs> you know. So, um, so go, just going back a little bit, if, if we can, like to your audition when you're talking about like the SNL audition, like how does that? come about because you were correct me if i'm wrong you were on mad tv at the time right no i wasn't 
Uh, oh, okay. So you did correct me because I was wrong. I think it was about an eight month, eight month gap. Okay. Okay. So like, uh, how does that work? Is it like Lauren Michaels in the room? Yeah, it was on the uh, the stage, um, and yeah, there was like Tina Fey and different people, producers. Yeah, it was like maybe eight or ten people, and uh, yeah, it was just like it was exciting, really exciting. I was really glad because all I really wanted more than even being on the show is I always wanted just to audition <laughs> for it. I just wanted a shot, a shot, you know. And uh, so I was really just excited to do and try to do a good job on the audition that's it and yeah it was cool and i got off stage after the audition and i started to leave and then lauren came up to me and shook my hand said good job and i went oh like that's okay that's that's enough right there that's awesome that's that's pretty good did you grow up watching snl yeah yeah snl kids in the hall um the monkeys (laughs) and these so like and that's a show you were just like all right i gotta be on that show and then you know, you you get the call and then you do it. Um, what did what did you do on your audition? If you don't mind talking about it, um, I don't honestly. Somebody just asked me this question. I couldn't even remember which impressions there were, but I remember it was like Louis Anderson, David Letterman, Willy Wonka. Um, <laughs> wow! Uh, so you brought you know, all those with you? Wow! Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was good. It was good. I was glad it wasn't more of a complicated audition. You know. Yeah, uh, it was like, I mean, I, I, it was like five minutes, you know, five minutes of basically presentational stand up kind of thing. And how do you segue from from impression to impression or bit to bit during an audition? Do you kind of like announce what you're going to do and then stop down once it's done and be like, all right, now I'm going to do Louis Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is exactly what I would be like now Louis Anderson with da 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 da. Gotcha. You know, back to the family feud, you know, and I do that or something. Was that similar to Mad TV? Oh my God, no, no. Mad TV was way harder. Really? I was like, yeah, I was like, I had like several auditions. I, I was super. I mean, I was I was green on SNL and on Mad TV, really, because it was I was like pretty green. So when I got to, I mean, when I started at Mad TV, I was like, you know, these basically come up with three new characters and write some stuff out. And then I would do that and then come back and then they'd look at it and they go, okay, okay, come back and do this. And then, then I go to producers and then they go, okay, well, okay. They learn this or whatever. It was just a lot. It was a lot. And I wasn't really, they knew I didn't know how to do anything as far as I wasn't trained or anything, gotcha. but, but I could do impressions good enough to get by kind of thing. But that was fun, though. That was fun. What's your overall feeling when you get Mad TV? Like you, you when you finally get on Mad TV, like you know, you're in the credits, you're there. Are you just like, can you take that in? Are you self aware that you're on the show, or is just is it moving so fast that you're on Mad TV and you know you're you're making cash off these impressions and just doing funny comedy? Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. It's pretty fun, you know. Cause I was working the door at the comedy store and just getting shit on like all the time, you know, just being a, you know, and it was really nice to be able to get on something like that. And especially cause it's like, there aren't a lot of shows where you can do impressions on, you know, it's like, it's like you either have to make up your own thing. Nowadays you have to make up your own thing or um, whatever, but there aren't, 
you know, it's SNL. And then what else is there? It's like nothing else. Is it when you get a show like Mad TV or SNL, does that, I mean, does it give you a, a huge boost of confidence when you're then, you know, when you're not obviously on the show, you you leave 30 Rock and you go do a set at uh, the Comedy Cellar. Um, do you have a newfound confidence that is just reassuring when you get on stage? Like, hey, I'm on Mad TV or hey, I'm on SNL. Like, I got this. Or are you still like, geez, I hope this new joke works? You know, I didn't do a ton of stand-up when I was in New York. Like, um, just because the I was out of town every time, you know, anytime the show wasn't on, I would be out of town. So I didn't, didn't do a ton of t- uh, stand-up in town. But, um, yeah, it's cool. It's fun to be able to just jump up there and all that. And, and it gives gives you a, an extra bit of confidence. But that doesn't always help you, you know. You don't want to get lazy and it's easy to get lazy and um but that's what i like about this podcast is it's you know you're forced to get a guest each week you're forced to come up with questions you're forced to pick a voice to do it in and it's like fun it's like it keeps you um fulfilled you know and also it's just it's great it's it's i should have been doing you know of course i could say i should have been doing it 10 years ago but it's the, the right idea for for this for me, you know. Yeah, I mean, we've we've spoken to a bunch of comedians that have kind of said similar things. Where, um, you know, people do think that oh, you know, you're you're on SNL or or you're you're a stand up or you're on imp- you're an improviser. You know, oh, it's so easy. Look at that. Like they just get to have fun all day. But people do miss that it's a lot of work. That it does take a lot of time. To yeah, to book guests, to write the questions, to come up with impressions, to write the content, to have it be actually entertaining. It's a it's a lot of work to to get good at your craft. Yeah, it definitely is. And uh, but that's it was like with the pandemic. I'm like, I got to get something going. I mean, it's stand up is so hit and miss now, and uh, nothing's open. I mean, I mean, I'm in West Hollywood. It's like comedy stores i mean it's open to some capacity but they can't perform inside so i mean i just was like what can i do on my own and this this was kind of like oh and then with the zoom i was like oh well that's a no-brainer then it's easier to get guests obviously doing it on zoom you know than getting them to show up at your apartment or your house or whatever and what and what's like writing uh a stand-up now you know what's your process like now with you know during the pandemic well, I mean, it's it's pretty much just uh, more researching right now. I'm trying to come up with new impressions and um, like ones that I can do pretty good. You know, I can do good if it's like I have the lines and I could just you know, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I can sound like them, but then I can't just say anything in their voice. Like I'm trying to just get better at those ones. Like Alec Baldwin is like is one that I'm like, I think I got it, but I just I can't move around enough in it, you know? So I'm trying to listen to a lot of Alec Baldwin. Cause, so going back to what Jason had ser- said earlier about, like, kind of which version of that person do you choose, I guess that would, that'd be a good example of that. That's kind of tough, because young Alec Baldwin still has that deep voice, but it's not as raspy as it is now. You know, there's a little bit of, like, a tonal difference. I just go with this podcast stuff. Cause I just want to hear it anyway. I just want to hear what it sounds like. You know, I'm not doing an impersonation of his nose, you know, doing <laughs> his, his voice, 
So just lay down and listen to it. Lay down and listen to some Alec Baldwin. That's what I like to do. And listen to these podcasts. Like he interviewed Barbara Streisand, and it was just great. And it's that's, that's kind of what I want to capture is how he interviewed Barbara Streisand on his podcast. Oh, okay. You know, you know, I really love your work. It's really great, you know. I gotta, you gotta work that impression out. So, it's not an easy one. It's it sort of like reminds me of like a Patrick Bateman. It didn't come mm. to me right away. So, like I can do, I can do Alec Baldwin a video. Like if I do it over and over again, I can sound like him. But I can't just say anything in his voice. He has so many different aspects to his voice. It's kind of like, um, I mean, they don't sound anything alike, but similar to Jeff Goldblum, how he can. You can get very low, and then you get to get uh, right. You know, you can get really high. Nice. So Jeff, I mean, um, Alec Baldwin does have like these things where he can go a little higher in his voice. So it's some. I guess it's you could go so many different ways with it. Like to live in that voice is pretty tough to nail. I think that that's a tough one. It is, but I, I like know. at least the video. If you take just yeah. the breathy one where he's just like, "Hello, I'm Alec Baldwin." I'm Alec Baldwin's baby. Goo goo gaga. As, as most of you know, I'm just a baby. I can't do anything else. Hello. You know. And then there's like the 12 Angry Men, uh, Alec Baldwin, you know, all riled up. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Is that malice? No. <laughs> That's like, you just made me think, like, yeah, I got to watch his, uh, when he gets, uh, Pissed off. Yeah, like Glenn Gary, oh, Glenn man. Ross. There's just so much range. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for reminding me. And the hey, uh, what, what's the one where he he's um, I think he gets brutally murdered in it, right? Well, it was like a Boston movie. <laughs> Quick, do Alec Baldwin die? <laughs> yeah. Hello, I ate too much tuna fish. I think I'm getting mercury poisoning. <laughs> Really, um, I really do. You know, you know, really, I really like all these different things. They're really great, you know. <laughs> with with impressions that just that just reminded me, I'd seen a clip of you doing um, an early morning, like kind of local news station. I know that's that's every comedian has to has to bear that. You know, their their early show, and and you you have a host that's like, so Jeff, how'd you get so funny? You know, and they're like, would you mind doing Dustin Oppen for us? You know, is what is that process like? Because we've we've asked comedians before of you know, is a lot of comedians take that opportunity to just say the wildest shit to yeah, them on what, air? Well, it's weird too because though, like you're you're the headliner, but you also have a lot of times the club owner standing right off in the shadows at a TV thing and uh, watching. So it's like you can't. I mean, you could do whatever you want, but sometimes they don't book you again if you go too nuts with the this i've done it before where i did one time where his interview and i was just looking up at the ceiling at the beginning and he got so pissed at me <laughs> the guy and <laughs> it was just like you know uh, you know i don't know it's 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 fun to have fun with those guys though it's, it's you have to make it fun for yourself uh, you oh you hate doing those but it must be a nice. lot of pressure though right because they're they they kind of tee you up, you know, like, well, you know, you're the comedian. Can you do something funny for us? Tell us a joke. Is there, it's like extra pressure. It, it, it is and it isn't, but it's like you're doing, if I just go, okay, here, watch this impression. I'll do an impression <laughs> real quick. That's their nice little like card tricks, you know, Yeah. for, for right. the, the news. If you let the news guy just take control, that's the, that's maybe the key. You kind of, 
lead, tell the news guy what you're going to do. You know, <laughs> I think that might be the best way because if you let them do it, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, you know, it's seven in the morning too. It's, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, isn't it weird though? Because like right after the interview is done, you have to go back to being Jeff, and you you know you talk to them and be like, "Hey, yeah, sorry about what I said earlier on the air." <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be too much of a dick, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The more I, I've done stand up, I do actually kind of enjoy those morning TV things, just to be kind of because it's like a chance to do be like silly. Yeah, you're like a caricature right. of yourself, I guess, right? Yeah, you're just being kind of silly. Okay. Um, <laughs> How like silly are really we talking? Like yeah. Super yeah. weird. I yeah. think you guys are in a, a sleeping bag, you know? Well, I mean, we look, are. we're trying to sleep right now. Come on. No. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Joke Artist. We want to thank Jeff again for coming on. Super awesome to talk to him, and we can't mm-hmm. wait for uh, new and episodes. coming on to us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Not every day that you have some Yeah, I felt a little something there. Like that. Whether Jeff intended it or not, I felt something. Well, I'm going to follow through with him. Anywho, um, can't wait for his, the new episodes to come out. There are five or six episodes, I think, out now of uh, the Jeff Richards Show, so go to Spotify, wherever you get your podcast and listen to that hilarious hilarious show you could also go to his website tastyjeff.com to you know know everything jeff richards and see what he's up to and give him a you know just follow him give him your attention yeah Yeah. give him a little shout he is quite tasty Mm. so yeah last time i ran into him i I bit his arm (sighs) you can also follow us on uh, spotify wherever you get your podcasts yeah. Joke artist on believe.com. That's B L E A V dot com. Rate us or else. You'll have to date us. That's right. But for real, you will have to date us. Uh, that is a, uh, this is a contract. Um, by listening to this, you have agreed to <clears throat> rate us or date us. Well, I mean, we've said so, it for eight episodes. I don't know why they don't get it. I don't know either. We have so many people to see in court. Just more dates, I guess. That's yeah. the way I look at it. I consider a court date a date. Yeah. Yeah. I dress up. Do you dress up as the judge or a lawyer or yourself? I wear a dress. Oh, oh, oh. And I'm just whoever I'm supposed to be at that moment. Hmm. Sometimes I'm the stenographer. Sometimes I'm a court-appointed attorney. Um, sometimes I'm hmm. just somebody in the audience. So when... But when you actually go on a date, do you wear a dress? No matter what, you wear a dress. I have to go. Okay. See you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.